Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. To convince a child to keep walking, try switching roles with them. Let the child play the role of the parent. They'll immediately do what you want them to do. You are raising in your home people that the Bible is very clear about their status. They need to be converted. Not just a conformity of their behavior. They need a transforming encounter with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate priority. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Christian education does not mean Christian salvation. This is Wretched Radio on a Witness Wednesday. Prepare to meet Tash from a Christian home, attending a Christian school, but these days, a whole lot more postmodern. Why is there something instead of nothing? Why is there something instead of nothing? Because that's how it was made, and we just got to accept that fact. All right, the universe was made. Who made it? Uh, the Most High. And who is that? Uh, that's whoever you wanted to be, you know? I'm not going to tell you who you think it is, but in my eyes, it's just the most powerful, the Most High, the one who put us all here. Did you just tell me I can believe the Most High is anything I want it to be? I mean, I'm not here to make your decisions for you. So if you want to believe the Most High is whatever Go for it. <laughs> I think you are the most high. Am I correct? You're not correct. <laughs> okay. So I can't believe anything is the most high. I mean, you can. <laughs> yeah, I just I just be wrong. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> so you're willing to... Okay, so if I said to you uh, that garbage can over there is the most high, you'd be willing to say, dude, you're wrong. Uh, I wouldn't make a comment on it because it's not something I care about that much. I'm a Christian. So let's just say I said, I think the most high is Jesus Christ. Would you tell me I'm wrong? I wouldn't. Would you tell me I'm right? I wouldn't. Hmm. So I'm, I'm going to try to make a truth claim that will either be true or false. Okay. Jesus is God. True or false? That depends on how you look at it. If it's you, it's true. You know what I'm saying? In my eyes, it's not about what you believe. It's the person you are. If you're morally doing the right things, you understand what's right from wrong. Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States. True or false? True. George Washington was the first president of the United States. True or false? True. Jesus Christ is God. True or false? I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> All right. So let me just ask you a question then on a, on a personal level. Okay. The story of Christ and Christianity, do you know what it is? No, I don't. I mean, I went to a like a Christian school for a little bit, and we were taught like the basic things. How many years did you go to that school? Uh, a lot. <laughs> and they didn't tell you the story of Jesus Christ. I mean, they did, but like that's where I chose to not listen because. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me see if you'll just lend me your ear for just a moment and see if this rings a bell, and then I'm going to ask you one last time if it's true or not. So just prepare yourself for it. Okay. All, right? All right. Here's what I intuit. Right. I see a bunch of stuff. There's a stuff maker. Mm-hmm. I've got a conscience. That little courtroom in my brain that says. I have not been a good boy. I've done bad things. And I've got a concern about the afterlife, that when I die, 
things aren't looking up for me because I haven't lived the way that I know that I should have been living. Are you tracking with me so far? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So God, according to the Bible, is the unmoved mover. He's the one who created everything, you and me, your eyes, those plants, everything. He created everything. So he has ownership rights. Within the Bible. That's correct. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just sharing with you what the Bible says. Okay, yeah. So he's got ownership rights on you and me and everybody here on campus, okay. everywhere on the globe. He owns everything. And God, in a sense, is like our earthly court system because he is just and he is righteous. He's going to judge everybody for their law breaking. So the question is, what are God's laws? Do you remember that from going to Christian school? No. Let's, let's, let's just call it the Ten Commandments, right? Okay. right? So here's my question for you, and I want to say this right, Tash, right? Tash, Tash with the T. All right. Tash, have you ever told a lie? Yes. Stolen anything? Yes. Looked at a woman with lust? Yes. Taken God's name in vain, used his name lowly, OMG, to express disgust or anger? Yes. Okay, so I just went through, I think, four commandments. Can I ask you something? Yes, sir. Have you done the same? Oh, dude, <laughs> I got you whooped. I'm sure I've told more lies than you. I'm sure I've looked with I, all of it. I've, I have absolutely... You are a little bit older than me. <laughs> just a touch. Regardless, I, I, I have no problem admitting that because I know it's true. Sure. So now the question is, you die, I die. Mm-hmm. We are taken into God's courtroom Okay. He's sitting on the bench. The books are open on Taj's life, and he knows everything. I mean, the stuff you don't want your parents to know, <laughs> stuff you don't want anybody on campus to know. Relax. Your thought life, he's got it recorded. So now he's just and he's righteous, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like law-breaking. And because he is just, he must punish lawbreakers. Taj, would God find you innocent or guilty? Uh, he would find me guilty. So if God is just, what should God do with you? Should he send you to heaven or should he send you to hell? Uh, well, I mean, I hope they serve beer in hell. Well, <laughs> according to the Bible, they don't. In fact, it describes that it's thirst. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody like not having water for days and weeks. Your tongue swells up, sticks to the roof. It's, it's really horrible. Can't be good. Can't be good. Yeah, so there's not not even a drop of water for you in hell. So the question, though, that you evaded was, Uh are you going there? I mean, I implied I was, I mean, yeah, if if that was was the case, I would be going. (laughs) All right, now I'm going to dip back into your Christian school upbringing. What did God do so that sinners like you and me don't have to go to hell? What did he do? So that your court case could be dismissed. Uh, I mean, I guess forgive them. Like, he forgave. Okay, that's kind of in there. Kind of in there we'll but here's but here's the problem, though. All right, let's just say you're you get hauled into a court here on Earth. You're guilty. The judge knows it. You are going down, and the judge just says, "But I'm going to let him go." He wouldn't be a just judge, would he? He'd be unjust because he's not upholding the laws. Correct. Correct. So if God just forgives, he'd be unjust, and he's not unjust. So we need a mechanism. You've got a fine. It's got to be paid. Who paid your fine, Taj? Me. 
How? I work for it. How? I work at a job. Yeah, but who's going to pay your fine to God? To God? Yeah. What's the fine? Hell. I guess me. <laughs> How are you going to get your court case dismissed? You've got a debt to God. How are you going to pay it? I guess I'm going to have to do some time. You'd have to do some time, and that is our problem. We'd have to do time, and it's an eternity in hell. All right, so I'll, I'll tell you, and then here's I'm going to ask you that truth question. Jesus Christ claimed to be God, so fully human, fully God. He came to this earth to keep all of the laws because you and I can't. And then he was beaten by men. He was hung on a cross. He was receiving the wrath of God on himself, even though he committed no sins because there was something happening on the cross. God was satisfying his wrath by pouring out his punishment on Jesus Christ so that sinners could be forgiven, so that if sinners will repent, put their trust in Jesus Christ, God will forgive all of their sins, and he will credit all of the goodness that Jesus performed to that person so that the person can be just and be made righteous so that God can be just by satisfying the debt. He paid it on your behalf. That is what Jesus Christ did for sinners. Now, here's the question, and you're not going to offend anybody. Is that true or false? Uh, what you just said, that's true. All right. So from what, I, from what I know, yeah, that's true. So that's that was big of you to say that. Right? I mean, not really. I just kind of agreed with what you, what you said. Are you just patronizing me? Uh, no. <laughs> not at all. I mean, it just, honestly, man, like, you were talking for a long time, and your words were big, so I kind of lost you. But then, I'm, so, I'm sorry for that. You're good. You're good. <laughs> all right. You're a criminal. You've got, to, you've got to find a pay. Jesus paid it for you. Uh-huh. That's true or false? For me? False. No. Okay, so it's... It's false. So that, that didn't happen. Jesus didn't die on a cross for sinners. Uh, not for me. Well, you're, I think you're kind of reverting back to like your belief making it true or not. Okay. My belief does not make the garbage can God. Yeah. But are you saying like he died on a cross and then like there's documentation for that? Well, the documentation is the Bible. The Bible? Well, I mean... <laughs> The Bible talks a lot of crazy things. Like what? So does, I mean, every every religious text talks crazy. You know what I'm saying? With stories that you just think are not even like real sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I understand how you would think that. But if God created the universe, he can do miracles, right? Sure. But like, you know, to me, it's not really what the stories like are about it's more like what the like more of the story is you know what i'm saying like i don't really necessarily look at like oh this man brought like hella animals on his ship and then like you know what i'm saying what moses story right like but it's, it's more of just like you know you gotta read between the lines all right. But, uh, all right well tash you've been very generous with your time i just dumped a whole lot of stuff on you right all right, all right. well you know that's good then all right so we 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 depart friends the situation in Ukraine appears to be a long and winding and rather scary road. 
tomorrow clubs are still in Ukraine. There are still club leaders there. There are still Christians who are willing to help other Christians with the very basic necessities of life. Would you have the ability to help some of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine to simply receive the bare necessities? I know that Cindy Marty is extremely grateful for your support. There just are really no words to describe the gratitude that we have. Believe me, the children and families in Ukraine are so grateful. Thank you so much for your prayers and support. Tomorrow Club's still alive and well, but dealing with the dangers of Ukraine. If you think that you could support some believers there, please visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio. So what do you get when you mix a group of Gen Z college students and a group of biblical experts together with 2,000-year-old questions? You get Road Trip to Truth. John Favares has hit the road on a quest to find answers to life's biggest questions like the deadly impact of pornography and the dangers of agnosticism. Those are just a few of the topics covered in Season 2 of Road Trip to Truth, which is available at roadtriptotruth.org. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. There are many struggles experienced by our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, specifically those who run the Master's Academy International. The biggest challenge for men attending TMAI, especially in our context in Ukraine, is the opposition from people in the church who oppose sound doctrine, and therefore men really struggle to transform their ministries in accordance with the Word of God. The Master's Academy International in Ukraine fighting a battle on two fronts. (laughs) You've got Russia, of course, and you have opposition from the church in Ukraine for biblically trained pastors to preach the gospel. Would you please consider supporting the Master's Academy International? Adopt a seminary, 17 different countries. Might want to turn your attention to Ukraine. To learn more about this amazing legacy ministry, visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Books of the Bible. Philemon was a Christian and fellow worker with Paul. His slave named Onesimus had stolen from him and run away. By God's providence, Onesimus met Paul and became a Christian. Paul sent Onesimus back with this letter, urging Philemon to forgive Onesimus and treat him as a brother in Christ. This letter is a grand example of the gospel in action. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Which comes first, faith or thinking. This is Wretched Radio. It seems that good thinking must precede good believing. You got to get the facts straight before you can believe correctly. That seems to be the way that it is, but that is not the way the Bible describes it. And I believe the young man you're about to meet proves that. An individual must have their believing changed before their thinking can be improved. Case in point, meet Peyton. Those programs that run the computer, I'm going to try to persuade you. Nobody wrote them. They all happen by themselves. You ready? You can try. All right. Well, it's taken billions of years, but a bunch of materials got together. A lot of time, a lot of chance, but they got together in just the right order to convey the right information to communicate to the computer. 
I believe that computer programs happened all by themselves. Do you think I'm right or wrong? Incorrect. How come you think I'm wrong? Well, we can see people programming. I'll go a step further. I don't need to see anybody program it. I know that it's programmed because it's intelligent information in a correct order, rightly designed, communicating to somebody that can understand the information, and that had to come from somebody who's intelligent. Yes. Who do you think made the universe, Peyton? Um, I don't think there's any way to answer that question. How's about nothing created everything? It got together over the course of billions of years. It just happened. All of the intelligence that we see, just luck, time, chance, it happened by itself. Right, wrong, or incorrect? I say that's right. It's just chance. Now, wait a second. You just told me a computer program didn't write itself, but you're telling me this took care of itself? I guess, yeah, I can see where the discrepancy is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just say it's chance. Okay, but how's about we can at least conclude there has to be somebody who made it? Yeah, something. Intelligent. Intelligent, sure. How's about God. I don't know. It had to be something. I guess you could call it God. Something created because we see intelligence ordered, Mm -hmm. and there had to be somebody to communicate that intelligence and order it and design it just like a computer program. Otherwise, there'd be really nothing. I guess so. I think we've got agreement. Mm -hmm. There is a God. Mm -hmm. Fair enough? We can use that term, yeah. Now the question is, who might that God be? I don't know. I'm going to give it a shot. I think there's a creator because there's a creation. I think the creation tells us a limited number of things about the creator. He's big, he's powerful, he's creative, he's artistic, he's just. I believe that God is defined best in the Bible. No. Why? Because you're just saying he's a just God, yes? He Uh created everything, yes? So why are there like so much much bad stuff in the world? That's a great question. I'll give it a go. But I want to ask you a question about that badness. Do you think you're a bad person? No. Can I test you on that? Sure. Have you ever told a lie? Yes. How many? A lot. So if I told a lot of lies, what would you call me? You're going to give me a name. You know that I tell a lot of lies. Liar. Uh Uh-huh. Stolen anything? Yes. So I'm sitting next to a... Stealer. If you're from Pittsburgh, otherwise you are a thief. Oh, a thief. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. This is going to get a little personal. You don't have to answer. You ever looked at a woman with lust? Indeed. All right. Have you ever murdered anybody? Yes. No, I'm just playing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been angry at somebody? Yes. Called somebody a foul name? Yes. Okay, so the desire really was murder. It was murder of the heart. It wasn't the act, but it was murder of the heart. Mm-hmm. Has God always been first in Peyton's life? No. I think I just gave you about five commandments, five laws, and it turns out you profess that you're a lying, thieving <laughs> adulterous murderer at heart who doesn't love his God. <laughs> yes. So we've determined Peyton maybe isn't a good person, but Peyton is a lawbreaker. He, he might be. So let, let's, let's just keep focusing on Peyton for a moment. Let's just say Peyton. Mm-hmm. We don't want this to happen today, but it, right. could. it could. Lightning strikes, takes out Peyton. Right. You die. You are brought into the presence of God, mm-hmm. who is the just judge of all the world. And God opens up the books on Peyton, Mm -hmm. and he knows everything you've done in darkness, everything that you've looked at on the Internet you shouldn't have, Mm -hmm. the way that you maybe treated your siblings, disrespected your parents. Mm -hmm. Everything is brought into the light. Mm -hmm. Would God find Peyton innocent or guilty? Hmm. I would say guilty of all those things. So, yeah, guilty for sure. 
So if God is just and he doesn't just turn a blind eye to justice and say, well, but you know what, Peyton, he studied computer science. He's a (laughs) nice young man. I'm going to let him go. He can't do that because that's not just. Should God send you to heaven or hell? In my opinion, I think heaven. So a judge should let a criminal live in a mansion. See, but it's different because God like created everything. He created me. He knew what I was going to do. You know, I'm glad we've got agreement on that. Look, he create. I'm not saying I think that <laughs> that's what happened, but in this case, God created me, and He knew what was gonna happen. So He created me just to like sin. So like, why would you put me in hell for doing what you told me to do? He didn't tell you to sin. He didn't tell me to sin, but He knew everything that was gonna happen. He yeah, was right. Gonna sin. He created me. Do you have kids? Uh, not not yet. No. Someday you will. When your kid sins, who's responsible for the sin? You or the child? It depends on the situation. I think your child is 20. And, and speeds down Highway 85. You going to get a ticket? No, I'm not getting a ticket. You're not responsible for the behavior of your children. God is not responsible for our behavior. We are. Yes, that's true. So heaven or hell for Peyton? I still going to say heaven. Why now? I don't know. I just feel like I do like more good than bad. You know, I've done bad things, but a lot of it was out of ignorance, you know. Let's give it a go in an earthly court system, which I don't think is quite as just as God's. But nevertheless, let's just say your next door neighbor killed 10 people and burned down five houses. He stands before the judge and says, Judge, I know I'm guilty, but I've done some good stuff. What's the judge going to say? He's going to put him in jail. <laughs> That's, yeah, it really, our goodness has nothing to do with our crimes, right? I guess, yes. Right, so you're guilty. That excuse is gone. Heaven or hell. Round three. <laughs> I guess I'm going in. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad we have agreement on that, too. (laughs) You're a hoot. All right. So, Peyton, it makes sense. If if we're guilty before God, that's the right thing for him to do, correct? Mm -hmm. That's true. Did you ever go to church as a kid? Yes. What did God do so Peyton doesn't have to go to hell? He died on the cross for our sins. That's good news. Right. So you, a guilty criminal, can be set free because Jesus satisfied God's judgment and wrath on your behalf. Yes. That sounds like good news to me. It does. Here's the question, though. Is it true? I don't think we can answer that question. Why not? It's impossible. You have to die to understand, to to know. Well, unless you read the historical account and the teachings of Jesus Christ himself and the eyewitness accounts of him dying on a cross and rising from the dead, we can either trust that or not. Yeah, you can either trust it or not. And I think it's like a big game of telephone. Everybody's like, I saw that happen. Oh, I saw that happen too. And it's just like, you know, kind of gets inflated. I kind of think that's what happens. You know, okay, there's a field of study called textual criticism, Mm -hmm. right? These are really smart people in dusty buildings who look at books from antiquity, mm-hmm. and they've got standards and criteria for determining if a book is accurate. So Caesar's Gallic Wars, Homer's Iliad, they, they can determine, are the books that we have today mm-hmm. the same as what was written at the time of the author? Mm-hmm. It's called textual criticism. Now, here's what textual critics agree, whether they are Christian or not, the number one most authenticated, accurate book in antiquity is the Bible, hands down. We know that the words of the Bible that we have in the 21st century are exactly the words that were written 2,000 years ago. Now, that doesn't mean it's true, but that kind of disqualifies the whole telephone. I didn't mean it in that sense. Like The telephone thing is like, what if they saw it happen, but they didn't write the book as soon as it happened? They wrote it later on. And who's to say what they were writing was even what really happened? What if they just wanted 
to keep something going? Those are fair questions. But you said that it's a 2,000-year-old book, so who can know if it's right? Well, textual critics say it is right. It is accurate. But we're confronted then with the question, is it truth? So here's what we got. Jesus said, I'm the truth. It's not an abstract concept. He embodies truth because he is truth. He doesn't write the standard for truth and then try to attain it. He is it. He's the bar. So Jesus is either your God, your Savior, the truth, or he's not. Mm-hmm. Fair enough? Fair enough. You got hopefully a long life in front of you. But this day, sitting on this concrete, you're presented with the truth. Yes. Right? And this is not to like twist your arm and coerce you. Mm-hmm. This is a good offer for you mm-hmm. that your maker is willing to forgive you because he loves you despite your rejection of him, despite your rebellion against him. He says, I love the world. I love sinners and I'm willing to forgive them if they will repent, turn from their sins, put their trust in Jesus Christ. Slate not only wiped clean, so not just forgiven of your crimes, but all the righteousness of Jesus that gets credited to your account. So in other words, you give Jesus your rap sheet. He gives you his resume. You can be seen as the righteousness of God in Christ. I personally think that that is the most important and best offer you'll ever hear. Mm-hmm. So, Peyton, you are a very nice young man. <laughs> I'm going to leave, but I'm just going to ask you, would you please consider what I've shared with you today? Because if it's not true, you don't have a worry in the world. But mm-hmm. if it is true, you're on that ACDC highway to hell, yeah. and God wants to get you off. And forgive you. Will you at least consider these claims? Yeah, I'll consider it. For sure. I'll consider it. Do you have a Bible? Yes, you do. You've got a phone in your hand. Yeah, I have a Bible. Maybe crack it open. And before you put your head on your pillow, think about these things. Because I would hate for you to die and go to hell. I'd hate for you to not be in a right relationship with your maker and enjoy everlasting life. Fair enough? That's fair enough, yeah. All right, man. Thanks. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. As we previously discussed, the annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention is set for next week in Anaheim, California, and there's several high-priority issues that will be discussed and debated, from electing a new convention president to hopefully specific resolutions that deal with CRT, which was weirdly avoided in favor of a blanket resolution last year. This annual meeting and presidential election is paramount. Even if you're not a Southern Baptist, be in prayer for the largest Protestant denomination in the world. The Chicago Church has reportedly been preaching the gospel of Tolly Parton. Yep, you actually heard that right. The speaker of the Church of Three Crosses has just wrapped up a five-week series on Dolly, claiming her intention was to highlight the faith of the singer and bring awareness to all of the good things she does while also promoting women's rights. Hey, look, I worked in country radio for 20 years. I like Dolly Parton. I've interviewed her in the past. She's a woman with a big heart, but she's not Jesus Christ, which is the only focus any sermon at any church should have. Richard Coles, a retired LGBTQ priest in the Church of England, recently said that he was frustrated over the lack of equality the LGBT has within the Church of England. He said, quote, lots of us who are LGBT are in the church, but the church at the moment resists giving us equal status. Hmm. Lost people desire status. Regenerate born-again believers desire Christ. 
Earlier in the week, the Pennsylvania Senate advanced legislation that will prevent baby murder supporters from somehow forcing the state to legalize abortion up to birth and making taxpayers pay for them. So if the bill passes the full legislature and voters approve it on the ballot in November, an amendment would be added to the Pennsylvania Constitution that states that there is no right to abortion and no right to taxpayer funding for abortion. Well, have you heard the new pronouns? I'm excited because Faye Fair pronouns make me feel very affirmed in my not feeling like a person. So if you have a TikTok account where you make and share TikTok videos, well, that makes you a human. But if you don't feel like a human, there are apparently new pronouns for your game of pretend. Enjoy. And I'm not quite sure how to set this one up. HR is watching everywhere and we hate you. We hate you so much. And you think we can't do anything, but we can. So the larger context is that this lady is a liberal HR manager who says conservatives who post things on social media that are anti-liberal, well, you're probably going to soon lose your job. And I'm not real sure if what she's saying is actually true. I don't know if you're going to lose your job, but I do know this lady has pretty well lost her mind. If you don't believe me, look for the video and see for yourself. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation means a wrath-removing sacrifice. Jesus bore God's wrath on our behalf, and in return, we receive His righteous standing before God the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Maybe, just maybe, this could be an evangelistic tactic that works for you. This is Wretched Radio. Out to the University of Georgia we go to do a bit of an experiment. You see, I wanted to kind of play around with an idea to perhaps position the bad news of the gospel with some information that would perhaps keep people from being so argumentative. And I got the idea from Blaise Pascal. He was the fellow who was pondering why so many people are becoming atheists. Now, this this goes back centuries, and he was trying to noodle, why is it that so many people aren't following in the faith? And he came up with a musing, which he never fully fleshed out. What if we present God in such a way that he becomes so amazing, people will just wish that he actually existed. And then we demonstrate that he does, because that's how amazing God is. He is the greatest thing that we can imagine. So I decided to take that idea to go out to a campus and position my presentation of the gospel in that way. Can I tell you this is something you should do every time? Absolutely not. Might it be something that is helpful for you? Perhaps. Why? Because when I did this, I did not encounter anybody who got really snarky. Doesn't mean that it's some sort of Teflon way to present the gospel, but I will say it did help the conversation go smoothly. So what you're about to hear is a conversation that I had with a young man from Ireland who went to a Catholic school who was told by a priest, why don't you just become an agnostic? Yeah, not kidding. I presented the gospel by framing it with, what if? What if God were like this? Would you want to know that God? I gave it a go. You're going to eavesdrop, and then you can determine, hmm, is that something you can use? 
or not. Prepare to meet Tiernan. All right, so th- this is this is Thea the Pooch, and you are originally from Ireland. Yes, sir. I am. Cool. Yeah. Now I want to ask you a question. This is this is this is just a bit of a thought experiment. All right. I want to start with 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 the concept of God. All right. Do you have any sort of imagination about what you think God is? I do. Um, I actually in Ireland, most schools are Catholic, just based off of everyone being Catholic and the culture there. So I grew up in an environment where we were really religious, like on Fridays in school, we would actually go to mass and across the street, there was a church. And when I came here, my parents put us in like private Catholic schools. And, and throughout the semester, I asked a lot of questions and I got a lot of good answers and I got a lot of iffy answers and I wasn't sure what to think. And I kind of was just trying to figure it out for myself at that point. Like all the help with the church or the school, we had like priests and stuff in the school and all the religion teachers, I would ask them anything I could anytime I had a question. And they all loved that I was so like involved with it and trying to figure it out. But Mr. Eaglin, my teacher for apologetics senior year, he told me at the end of the year, I think it might be a good idea for you to take a few years and just be agnostic. I think it would be a good idea for you to explore other faiths. And if this one isn't working for you, who's to say that we're the right one? And everyone has the right to believe what they believe. Everything has their own background and their own origins. So I think you should go and explore. So that's what I've been doing. But my family is predominantly Irish Catholic. So I do go to church and I do kind of, I do still believe in a God. I'm just not sure to what degree or what sense. Tiernan, what was the big thing that you were stumbling over? It was more of like how they would view the scriptures. It, it wasn't like the stories. It seemed like the, what they were, the way they were taking away certain things, it, it almost seemed like they were doing it to pick and choose to make, make it look better rather than how it actually went. And I just, I was kind of concerned with that. And I kind of felt like it was, uh, of course it was like, this is how religion is. Like you do just have to believe you have to believe that it's all, it was all done in this good faith. And it was, that's what faith is. Like you just have to believe it was done for the betterment of humanity. And that this was actually how it was. And this is what God gave, gave down to us. But what, okay. So for instance, in the Bible, what would, what was the thing that was troubling you or what behavior or what story was causing you consternation? I don't know if it was a story per se. I think it was just the modern Catholic church. I think with like media and I was very involved, like keeping up with all of it and the way I just saw it evolve and the way I saw like how Catholics were and, and like how they were viewed by the world and how they have such a heavy influence in the world. Like Pope Francis is one of the only non like world leaders that is regarded as a world leader. People listen to him. People actually like have events with him. And like, I understand he's the head of the biggest church in the world, but it, it, it kind of seemed to me like church and state separation of church and state and like they it seemed like somewhere along the way they felt that the religion would die out or would not die out but wouldn't be as strong if they couldn't root the ties to those like that's the state to make sure people were following laws and all that and it got it ended up getting to a point to me where i started to believe myself that i'm not sure if it was all done out of god or if this guy jesus was just a really good guy like a guy who preached to the people and back then like it was rougher times like it was different times people like a lot of things were just easier murder was you walk over the next town stab someone walk away and that's it so it was just that the the moral structure that they built was i thought it was really great and i, I do still live my life by that i'd live my life by the morals of the catholic church definitely but in my opinion i just believe that they kind of went too far with their their reach if if there were a God that would be willing 
to wipe your slate clean. So all the bad stuff that you've put out, he's willing to completely forgive. What if there were a God who was willing to take any feelings of shame that you might have for doing those things, whatever it was, public, private, and he could make that go away? What if there were a God that was willing to actually give you hope, not just like this was a pretty good day, but a hope that there is something transcendent, something bigger, something better in the future, more lofty than just this? That's my, I guess, reason for not shying away from religion as a whole. And like I said, I'm not I'm not against Catholicism. I like. Well, let me let me let me finish my thought experiment on you. All right. Okay. that's right. What if this God could give you purpose in your life? In other words, when you wake up in the morning, there's a reason to get up. And if this God could remove that fear that we all tend to have, that if we were to die today, that it might not go well for us in the afterlife. If there were an entity in the universe that could do all of that because he is good and he is kind and he is loving and he's willing to deal with all of those problems for you, would that God be of interest to you, Tiernan? Yes, he would. And he still is, in my opinion. I do I do think it is, like, the whole idea of it to me is just something that a lot of people, like I said, I went to Catholic schools all my life, and a lot of people genuinely still find it great. Like, my younger brother, he's a soccer player up Belmont Abbey, and he is the most religious person I know. Then let me let me keep reasoning with you just a bit, mm-hmm. all right? You, you, and if you don't feel like tagging along, you just stop me, all right? I think that sense that we have inside of our brain that promotes feelings like guilt and shame and a fear of dying, I think we're hardwired for that. I could see that. And I think that we have that sense inside of us because it was built into us as an alarm mechanism to warn us there's danger ahead. There is, I look around, I see the creation, I intuitively know there's a creator. I have this sense of justice and I realize I have not put out good things. I've done bad things either verbally or physically, even in my mind. I've got this sense, this is, this is shameful, I'm guilty, and I'm going to have to pay a price for this. I think that comes from your maker because you're made in his image and he gave you that conscience so that you could understand that you need forgiveness. You can't pay for your own bad karma. You, you, you can't do a guilty criminal can't just erase his debt by walking a little old lady across the street. Yeah. Justice must be satisfied. God, knowing that you can't satisfy that justice yourself to demonstrate his kindness and his love for you sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take on human flesh, to represent us, to be just like us in that he had a human body, but he was fully God. He never did those bad. He never generated anything that would be bad karma. He always did what was right, always be, always behaved, always did what he should be doing, always loved the way that he was supposed to, never lusted, never lied, never dishonored his parents. He was fulfilling all righteousness. He went to a cross where he was hung, beaten, bruised for you, for your iniquities. God was pouring out his wrath on his son 
on your behalf so that you could be forgiven, so that your guilt could be removed, your shame could be erased. You wouldn't have to fear death anymore because he conquered death by rising from the dead. And you can be in a right relationship with that God. If that's true, Tiernan, would you want to be in a relationship with that deity? That's right. Going to leave it right there. A good old-fashioned radio cliffhanger. Uh, Prepare to hear Tiernan's response. Does my positioning of the gospel in this way yield any sort of positive fruit when we return on Wretched Radio? You'll hear, yeah, and no, it doesn't. Next on Wretched Radio. Let's visit a preborn life center in action. Look at that baby. Abortion pill reversal actually works. That's a beating heart. Tell me, that doesn't encourage you to consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. $28 purchases a free ultrasound for a mommy who will choose life. It is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. Would you please consider supporting Preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can. $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. Are we heading toward a dystopian society? Who decides what is good and evil? Who decides what truth is? Are there such things as fate or free will? Morals, are we born with those? Or does the culture we live in inform them? Those are all really good questions and topics that we tackle daily on Wretched Radio and TV. Our goal has always been to preach the gospel, equip others to preach the gospel, and strengthen the local church. And we're only able to do that with the help of our gospel partners. If you are a Wretched Gospel partner, Thank you so much for your support, which has allowed us to create compelling quality productions that catch the eye of unbelievers, but aren't so cringy they make believers blush. And if you aren't currently, would you pray about becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Help us continue to reach millions all over the world with the gospel. Just visit wretched.org slash donate, or you can also just as easily text the word wretched to the number 44321. Yep. I get it. The thought of not having traditional health insurance, it just feels kind of scary. I would like to encourage you to discover what Mrs. Friel and I have learned about MediShare. It is affordable biblical health sharing. 400,000 Christians strong. This is no fly-by-night organization, a ministry that has existed for 27 years and they have covered together over $4 billion in medical expenses. Please be encouraged to at least check out metashare.com slash wretched. The average family will save approximately $500 per month and you can sleep at night knowing that MediShare is sound, affordable, biblical health sharing. metashare.com slash wretched. Name. 
names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. One name is Jehovah Sitkenu, the Lord of our righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 tells us that God made Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's get back out to Georgia State University. If and you recall, tried to position the gospel with Tiernan. If this were all really, really true, isn't this amazing? Wouldn't you want to know the God who died for sinners? Prepare to hear Tiernan's answer as you go about the business of determining, hmm, is this something I could utilize in a witness encounter? God was pouring out his wrath on his son on your behalf so that you could be forgiven, so that your guilt could be removed, your shame could be erased. You wouldn't have to fear death anymore because he conquered death by rising from the dead. And you can be in a right relationship with that God. If that's true, Tiernan, would you want to be in a relationship with that deity? I would, yeah. But the 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 words that you use there, if that's true, is what I'm trying to find. Fair out. enough. That's very fair. All right. So let's now see if we can jump over the if. All right. So tell me, what would be your big objection? Now, if you can, as best you can, Tiernan, forget about your Roman Catholic past. Just you sitting here on this stoop. What What is it that would keep you from being in a right relationship with that God? I would actually cite the state of the world right now, state of humanity, the way things are. You look around like the news. I'm I'm in a I'm a finance major and I read the news all the time. I invest in stocks. I'm when I first started when I was 12, like I genuinely became depressed for a little bit. I had to go get like psychological help because, and they told me to limit my intake of the news. They told because bad out there. Now let's now let's see. Let's see. That's your hurt. That's a hurdle. You maybe have more, but let's just see if the Christian worldview can explain that hurdle. All right? Because I don't think Buddhism can, and I don't think Hinduism can, but I think Christianity can. Go back to Genesis. You remember God created the world. And what did he say after each day that he created the world? It was, do you remember? It was good. And it was good. And when he finished, he said, it is very good. So God creates this beautiful planet with lovely things to enjoy. Then what did man do immediately in the garden? God said, don't eat of that tree. Don't eat the fruit. What did we do? We ate the fruit. What was the consequence? We lost our paradise. We lost our eternal, our, it's like eternal life, our clean souls. That's it. There's your explanation. We see beauty because God made the place. We see evil because we, we brought it on ourselves. And there's a curse on this planet. So we see remnants of beauty, and yet we see terrible things happening. And I think that's the only worldview that harmonizes those two things that we observe. That is actually something I have in all my years never been told, and that is a really good explanation. That is a really good argument for it. Now, these other these other religions, I don't think that it's foolish to take a look at them to see, are they true? But I would just challenge you, Tiernan, as you think these things through, you're a smart guy. Do they answer questions like, why do I see good? Why do I see evil? How do these religions deal with my guilt problem? I can't shake it. What do I do with my shame? How do they get rid of the shame? How do they deal with my fear of death? How do they give me transcendent purpose beyond what I'm currently doing? I don't think any other religion can answer 
all of those questions in a harmonious way. Now, some of them might be able to answer one of them, but if they if they try to answer all of them, you put them together, they're not going to stand stand up. Right? I think Christianity harmoniously explains what we observe and what we experience, and it takes care of all of those issues for you. So let me leave you with this, Tiernan. You're thinking about stuff a lot. But my friend, if you can't think of a major reason to surrender to Jesus Christ, I, I, I would suggest then today would be the day of salvation. You don't put it off. Because if what I'm explaining to you is true, it's not just an urgency because if you die, you'll go to hell, although that's true. But if you remember my premise, this God is good. This God is kind. He's willing to rescue you from yourself. He's willing to now take you, forgive you, bring you into a right relationship with you, and then the Bible says that he starts to do a work on our emotions, on our thinking, kind of rewires our brains. You've mentioned emotional and perhaps needing, like I think you said, some, some help in the past with these issues, some psychological help. God is your psychological helper. The reason that your brain struggles goes back to that garden again because of the fall. It's called the noetic effect of the fall. It's a theological term, which means we're under the curse. Everything groans because of the curse, including us. That's why our bodies fall apart and ache. That's why we don't think right. Brains just aren't wired right. God is now going to take your brain and rewire it and connect it to the right circuits rather than having a wrong version of the world. He's going to give you the right version of the way things are, and he's going to cause you to start thinking more and more in alignment with him because he is reality. So Tiernan, that's what God offers you today. Forgiveness of sins. You can be in a relationship with your maker. Shame gone. Your past erased. The everlasting life is ahead of you, and he'll start helping you make sense of this life. And you'll increasingly go beyond anxiety and depression into a different realm. Peace and joy that surpasses your current understanding. He wants to give you life abundantly, not wealth, not perfect physical healing. He wants you to live rightly because you're living the way that he wants you to live. So that's the offer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this 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 is just a pleading with you to think this through urgently. I know you have been, but this is the best offer ever for you. Would you at least ponder that today? I will actually, and I I really like that analogy you used of the rewiring the brain because that like that makes sense. That clicks almost perfectly. The rewiring of the brain, it seems like those toxic thoughts that a lot of my friends who aren't in religion that like the things that they have and the things that the way they view the world it seems like the people that are in like my little brother for example is a really good example he just he's never down he gets down of course when like he doesn't meet a goal of his or like gets a little upset but like everyone does but like in in the grand scheme of things he's a very happy person and he, he rarely he rarely sees trouble and rarely complains and usually he just figures things out for himself and it always seems to work out for him and I and I that analogy really clicks and I, I actually think after this I might I might go back I do actually think I might look into it not go back immediately of course I would have to look back into it and start 
Can I encourage something? Yeah. All right, you've got a Bible, right? I do have a Bible, yes. Right. I want you, I would like you to read the Gospel of Matthew, all right? And as you may, it's pretty long. Okay, it's the longest gospel yeah. there is, but it, it shows you the life of Jesus. And I want you to look for something. There's there's a repeated theme. Jesus gave a sermon on the mount. You remember that? And he talked about why are you worried? Why are you anxious? Look at the sparrows, God feeds them. Look at the lilies of the field. God clothes them. He makes them the beautiful things that they are. God takes care of them. Won't he take care of you, O you of little faith? And then we see stories throughout the Gospel of Matthew where, for instance, they're out and the disciples are out in the boat and the, the storm is raging and they're in a panic. Jesus is sound asleep, wakes up, and he asks them, Why are you worried, O you of little faith? Peter walking on water sinks and Jesus says, O you of little faith. He feeds thousands of people miraculously because he's God and he can do those things. And then the disciples are really worried because a big crowd of people are gathering and they don't think they can feed him. And he says, I just showed you miracle after miracle. O you of little faith. What he's getting at with that, Tiernan, is when we're anxious about stuff, it's because we're believing in something very puny. We're probably believing in ourselves or our abilities or our skills or our money or our context, our looks, our humor. But God wants us to believe in him. And when we put our trust in the greatest entity in the universe who is on our side and he demonstrated by dying for you, you don't worry about anything else. Because your your biggest problem has been solved. The greatest entity of the universe is on your side. Believe him and your anxieties will dissipate. That's just one way that God will help you start to rethink about things and get things in order. Okay? So read the Gospel of Matthew. Watch for those stories. And if, as you are reading that, you recognize this is the only true and living God, so in other words, the other systems are wrong, then I would encourage you, call out to him. Surrender. The biblical term is repent. You turn from your sins. It's not that you become perfect, but you don't want those anymore. You want him. You don't want, you don't want to believe in God just because you don't have to go to hell. You want to believe in God because he's been so kind to save you from hell. We should desire to be with this God who is the best entity in the universe and he'll save you and he'll forgive you. He'll adopt you into his family and then he'll start to fix your emotions and your and your thinking progressively as you keep reading his word. So don't go to the Catholic Church. Go to the Bible. Fair enough? Fair enough. I will, I will look into that. I'll try that. That's something I have not tried. Did Tiernan get saved? From my positioning of the gospel in a Blaise Pascal kind of way? Not on the spot. Perhaps he did afterwards. Don't know about that. So, no, somebody didn't get saved from that method. But perhaps, just maybe, that will be a a way of framing the gospel for you that might at least keep you from getting into some of the typical squabbles and maybe even antagonistic conversations than perhaps you have had in the past. Please remember, your mileage may vary. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.